0: I think as it is with our friends and you know our families and everyone in our lives, there are those moments where you think, this is me at my worst, and you're going to leave me if you see it. You're not going to be able to handle it, and you're going to realize that I am a fraud or that I am not worth it. And I think that in the same way, we can have those experiences with God where it's like, if you can see this in me, you'll never leave me. And he never has.
1: Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast. A place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello. Hello. I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Did you know that God is always listening to you? That he can hear the quietest whisper deep inside your heart, even before you've started to say it? Because God knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. God just can't wait to give us all that we need. So we don't need to use long words or lots of words or extra super holy words. We don't have to use a special voice or be extra clever or good or important or anything. We just have to talk. It's not because we're so clever or good or so important that God will listen to us. God listens to us because he loves us. So when you pray, pray in your normal voice, just like when you're talking to someone you love very much. Pray even if you're angry or when you're sad, however you feel. Jesus taught people how to pray and showed them that God would always love them with a wonderful never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking-always-and-forever love. So they didn't need to hide from God anymore or be afraid of him, or ashamed. They could stop running away from God and they could run to him instead as a child runs into her daddy's arms, which in the end is perhaps what prayer is. Psalm 30 verse 2 says, Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. This week's guest is Bible teacher, Angie Smith. She shares her story of losing her little daughter, Audrey, and how a stack of devastating losses caused her to question God, until she realized that God could handle her anger and even take the most terrible heartbreak and tragedy and bring healing. I love Angie. She's so transparent She's so willing to open up about the painful parts of her life. And she's so courageous in sharing her journey towards healing with us so that we can all feel less alone. The Bible can seem like a really overwhelming, intimidating and maybe even scary book sometimes. But as Angie discovered, it's filled with comfort and hope and grace that meets us right where we are even and especially in the time of our deepest need. Without further ado, please welcome my friend, and now yours, Angie Smith. My name is Angie Smith, and I am a
0: writer and Bible teacher. So I was pregnant with what would have been my fourth daughter. Her name was Audrey, and I had just gone to an ultrasound where we were assuming we'd find out if it was a boy or a girl. No reason to think that anything was wrong in the pregnancy. And during the ultrasound, um, the technicians told me that she could not live outside of my body. And so they gave us the option to keep going with the pregnancy or to terminate it. We decided to keep going um, just to give it our best shot and made it several more weeks. but. It was only a few days after I got that diagnosis that I was at a baby shower for one of my dearest friends. And I will never forget this moment. It was one of the most powerful moments of my entire pregnancy. But we were both, you know, had these kind of swollen bellies. And of course, everyone in the room knew what was happening with both of us. And we're there for a baby shower to be celebrating my friend. But As they prayed, everyone was just kind of choked up and thinking about me as they prayed for the health of her baby and the life of her baby. We all sat around and everyone was sort of trying to get themselves together, and we started giving out gifts, and one of our other dear friends handed over her gift, and when it was opened, she said, this has just come out, I've read the whole thing, it's absolutely incredible, and it was the Jesus Storybook Bible. And so it was passed around the room, and I held it and read it, and Audrey was a part of that. And so as I just skimmed through the pages and looked at the beautiful illustrations and the words and just listening to the room that was all trying to figure out this how, how joy and sorrow dance together, it's, it was one of the most special moments. And so forever, the Jesus Storybook Bible will be tied to my daughter Audrey, and just to a time in my life when I really had to lean on the Lord, and her words helped me do that a lot. I think over the years, as you develop a relationship with Christ, at least for me, I sort of start to get used to the fact that it's okay for there to be ebbs and flows and different seasons in your relationship with Jesus. And to be totally honest, It's just been a little bit over two years since I lost my dad. Two months later, my grandmother passed away. There was a lot of trauma. My sister was going through breast cancer. My mom needed assisted living. I mean, it was like a movie that you would never believe after five minutes because it seemed so absurd. And there was just this time period after losing my dad that I thought, I don't know if I believe any of this. I just don't know if it's true because I don't know how this wonderful and good God could allow this hero of my life to be gone. And there were times where I would be in my car and I would be pounding the steering wheel and screaming and crying out to God, like, you can fix this. You you could fix all of this. Why don't you fix this? and i i remember that there were moments where i felt like not audibly but i could sense the lord you know sort of reminding me that even though i was screaming and crying i was bringing it to him and so there was this part of me that was like you know what even in the moments when i feel like i'm either walking away or he is silent or absent or whatever it is Underneath that all, my spirit is still longing to bring everything to Him. And I feel like those are the moments when I think He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. It's okay if I'm angry with God. He, he can handle that. Like All of heaven is not shaking because I have a moment where I'm angry that something is happening or that I can't stop crying about something or that I'm struggling. So just that part of me that learned how to release emotion to him without the fear that it would be too much for him. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think of the ways that I've experienced healing and the kind that only God can provide. It's actually not about a person, but it's just a story about a tree. So my daughter Audrey, after she passed away, my neighbors bought me a little tiny cherry blossom tree. I grew up in Japan. And so I've always loved cherry blossom trees. And so unfortunately it never bloomed. And so every year I'd walk by, And it was dead and just broke my heart. And so we moved to a new house. We transplanted it. It obviously did not bloom at all. And so we finally called this guy who called himself the tree doctor. (laughs) And he came over and cut into it and just said, you know, I can charge you a lot of money and I can kind of put stuff around it, but it's dead. And so we decided we were just going to pull it out and get another one. And a couple of years ago, my, my neighbors will go on walks and pray over the tree. They A couple of them laid hands on it one time. <laughs> they know how important it is to me. Um, there was a time a couple of years ago where my sister and I walked out of my house and I just saw her look at it and she pointed. And all of a sudden there were all these bright pink blossoms. And the tree doctor came back. He's not a Christian. He brought his friends over every single year it has gotten stronger and bigger it is in full bloom every year and he comes back and he says no one is allowed to touch it this is the angie smith miracle tree no one can touch it no one can get near it only i can do it and he'll literally bring people over and say there was a hole that ran straight through this tree and it has closed itself despite the fact that apparently trees cannot do that and so there's something really special to me, always has been, about a cherry blossom because it's something that in Japan signifies something really beautiful and really fleeting. It's only here for just the tiniest amount of time, but it's spectacular while it is. And that has always been my Audrey. So I think it's really special to watch other people see that miracle and have no explanation, including someone who does this for a living and We just never know what's going on underground. And a lot of times I think we rely on what we can see. And I kind of, I kind of teased the guy who came and I said, you might be the tree doctor, but you are not the great physician. (laughs) And you can only see what's above ground. And the Lord is oftentimes performing miracles in places we can't see. So I think that for a lot of us, we're so intimidated by the Bible. And I remember I came to Nashville to go to Vandy, to Vanderbilt for graduate school. And I was a fairly smart cookie, I guess you could say, academic. I love books. I love learning, but I just remember being overwhelmed by the Bible. And so I went down after class one day to the Christian bookstore and sat down in the kids section and started pulling out kids' Bibles with illustrations. And then I'd kind of graduate myself up to ones with a few words and so on and so on. Because for me, it didn't make sense for me to read about Jonah and this fish or, okay, there are kings at some point and like prophets. And then there's this guy, Thomas, and there's, but they were all just individual stories that made no sense as one cohesive story. And I think it's really easy for us to be overwhelmed by the scope of Scripture to the point where we don't know a way to pull back the lens and make it more simple. And the Jesus Storybook Bible, obviously, I am not in the minority of humans on earth who would say that it is one of the greatest gifts that the Christian world has ever been given. And the reason why is that there are a lot of people even now who I meet in different circumstances who say, I never understood that the Old Testament and the New Testament were related. I never knew that the Old Testament was talking about the coming Christ, who is Jesus. Hundreds of years before that these words were written talking about the Savior that will be introduced to and exactly the way Sally does, She pulls out Scripture and shows in an unintimidating way in all of the stories how Jesus was always there. And so I think for people, if they can find a way to see that bird's eye view, it takes that immense, like that overwhelming pressure off when you're reading. So now you have a context for an entire book of Scripture. And so I think for me, once I started doing that, it was just so empowering. And here's the thing, you don't have to have a Bible degree. You don't have to have a seminary degree. The Bible was written for us to read and understand. And so I think that the idea of just making it one story from beginning to end, just the arc of the narrative of Scripture just makes it so much easier for us to enter into it. And so not just to understand everything we can read in Scripture, but also to see where our place in the story is. I think probably the three biggest struggles that Christians have when they're reading the Bible is that number one, they're so intimidated that they aren't able to process everything the way that they feel like they should be processing it. And so it becomes more of a chore than it is a delight, which I think again goes into the second reason, which is sometimes I think we can make it something that we want to just check off. a list and we can say, you know, I did my quiet time. Um, I read such and such. I did this. I was in a Bible study, check, check, check. And so, it becomes this assignment instead of what it's supposed to be, which is this life-giving gift. I think the third thing that would come to mind is that we forget that the presence of God is within those pages. We forget that these are holy words, that they aren't just black and white letters on a page, and that when we open our Bibles and we ask the Lord to speak, He says that these words are alive. This passage resonates with me a lot when I think about the people that I have lost, and I think about the fact that death will be defeated and that there has been this plan set in motion from the very beginning, and that He's speaking to me when He says these words. This is the message God gave Isaiah. It was like a letter God wrote to His children. He will be a king, but he won't live in a palace, and he won't have lots of money. He will be poor, and he will be a servant. But this king will heal the whole world. He will be a hero, He will fight for his people and rescue them from their enemies. But he won't have big armies and he won't fight with swords. He will make the blind see. He will make the lame leap like deer. He will make everything the way it was always meant to be. But people will hate him and they won't listen to him. He will be like a lamb. He will suffer and die. It's the secret rescue plan we made from before the beginning of the world. It's the only way to get back. But he won't stay dead, I will make him alive again. And one day, when he comes back to rule forever, the mountains and trees will dance and sing for joy. The earth will shout out loud, his fame will fill the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. Everything sad will come untrue, even death is going to die. And he will wipe away every tear from every eye. Yes, the rescuer will come, look for him. Watch for Him. Wait for Him. He will come. I promise. This is actually one of my favorite parts of the Jesus Storybook Bible. There are a few that I always get choked up on, and this section is one of them.
1: You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit sally at sally lloyd jones dot com and follow her on instagram at sally lloyd jones and at jesus underscore storybook underscore bible before we go don't forget god loves you with a never stopping never giving up unbreaking always and forever love